0: You're listening to the Cubicles in Christ podcast, where together we thrive in life by using our faith to find strength, direction, and purpose. Full of wit, wisdom, and a little grit and grace, Cubicles and Christ provides the inspiration you need to be strong and spiritually authentic in all you do. And now, your host, author, speaker, certified executive coach, Kelly Johnson. Hi,
1: and welcome to the Thrive Series Devotional. I am so excited about bringing today's topic to you because it's really been on my heart for almost two months now. Before we begin, I want to personally invite you to join me and other like-minded believers in the Cubicles in Christ community. The Cubicles in Christ community is a private Facebook page. It's a private group where we discuss our favorite episodes of Cubicles in Christ and twice a month on the second and fourth Tuesday of every month, we pause our day for lunchtime prayer. More great things are to come, but you'll miss out if you don't join. So hop over to Facebook and search for the Cubicles in Christ community to join today. Today's Thrive Series topic is about our wilderness seasons. A link to a downloadable study guide will be available inside the show notes of this episode, so be sure to check it out so that you can have all of the scripture references and you can use it to journal and record your reflections. What is a wilderness? What comes to mind? Do you see a field with trees and grass? Do you see a jungle? We're not really talking about the wilderness in nature. We're talking about those times in our life when things are not going well. We all have them. And John sixteen thirty three warns us that in this world, we will have trouble. Absolutely. But we should take heart because Jesus already overcame the world. Let's pray. Gracious and most holy Father, we just thank you for this opportunity to reflect on your word, reflect on the promises and the encouragement in your word. We thank you for hope today. And Lord, I just ask you that you restore hope to every single person listening to this episode. Lord, will you touch their heart right now, wherever they are? Will you guide and direct them? Will you help them to decrease their flesh? So that they can hear your Holy Spirit speaking to them today. Father, please move through all of our hearts. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Have you ever wondered or asked the Lord, How long? How much longer do I have to endure? How much longer do I have to stay on this job, deal with these kids, deal with this relationship, go through this health crisis? or go through this financial struggle, or simply, how long do I have to go through life without really knowing or having a sense of purpose? Before you feel guilty about wondering those questions, let me remind you that even Jesus asked a very similar question. In Matthew seventeen seventeen, Jesus said, You faithless and corrupt people, how long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you? So even Jesus got a little frustrated. Today, I want you to know that your wilderness is temporary. Maybe you question this statement because of what you're going through right now, or maybe because of what you've been going through for a long time. Sometimes we are in the wilderness for years, and there is absolutely no sugarcoating those kinds of situations. It is very tough to feel stuck in a bad situation. So you may be wondering, if my wilderness is temporary, How do I get out of it as fast as possible? Great question. I believe that the duration or length of our wilderness seasons can actually be significantly influenced by two things, obedience and attitude. Now, word of caution, obedience is not a popular topic, but it is essential for experiencing all that God has intended for us. What leads me to this conclusion? Well, first... Romans eight twenty eight super familiar passage. Everyone loves this scripture, which says, And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Now, most of us focus on part A of that passage. We focus on the God's going to work everything for my good and then we stop. But did you hear the condition or the criteria tied to everything working for our good? There are actually two criteria, and the first is that we have to love God and we have to be called according to his purpose. So how do we know if we love God? We're going to tackle the love part today. John 14:15 says, "If you love me, obey my commandments." So our obedience is an indication of our love for God. Ouch! Wow! I know this is a harsh reality, and trust me when I say that I am by no means trying to make you feel guilty or condemned. Think about it for a moment. When we sin, it is basically because we want to do things our way. We are more comfortable with our way of doing things. In fact, we enjoy our way, we like it, we love doing things our way. When we love God more, when we prioritize Him more, we will be able to choose His ways over our own ways. If there's an area of your life where you are struggling to be in or stay in the will of God, ask Him to help you love Him more. Pretty powerful, huh? Ask Him to help you love Him more than spending money that really should be given to Him through tithing or saving for a rainy day. Now, let's talk about our attitude in the wilderness. Because remember, from personal experience, I believe that wilderness seasons, the length of them are significantly influenced by obedience and attitude. There is likely a third element, which is there's a purpose behind the struggle. There is a purpose or a lesson that the Lord wants us to learn, and we often have to go through some challenging situations in order for Him to either get our attention or get so uncomfortable that we are open to whatever it is he's trying to teach us. Today, we're going to focus on obedience and our attitude. Now, let's look at the children of Israel as our example about attitude. After God delivered the children of Israel out of Egypt, which is a very familiar event in the Bible, we know that God uses Moses and Aaron in a mighty way to free the children of Israel from hundreds of years of slavery. You know, there were 10 plagues, lots of frogs, flies, locusts, things I totally would not have been able to endure had I been around during that time. If I was an Egyptian, I would have been going to Pharaoh saying, hey, dude, like, can you do something about this? So lots of signs and wonders, miracles, and for study purposes, if you'd like to go back and revisit this important biblical and historical event, read the book of Exodus. And it's really around Exodus chapter 5 when Moses goes to Pharaoh for the first time asking him to let my people go. So if you want to, you can sort of pick up there, but really encourage you to read Exodus. We know from the children of Israel who were stuck in the wilderness for 40 years that they often murmured, complained, and forgot how good the Lord had been. Their attitude and behavior grieved God. Now I want to pause here for a moment. Think about this. The children of Israel were delivered from slavery, from the harsh environment of the Egyptians having them build things in the heat. Even after all God did, after allowing them to successfully go through the Red Sea, seeing Pharaoh's army destroyed, the children of Israel quickly forgot how good God is. And before we start beating up on the children of Israel, thinking, oh my goodness, how terrible they were, we do it too, unfortunately. So. We're going to dive into several verses in Psalm 78, Psalm 78 to illustrate this point. And the point that we're making right now is really about our attitude, our heart, and quickly forgetting how good God is. In Psalm 78, this chapter is so powerful. It's such a powerful account of what God did when he delivered Israel out of Egypt. But this passage also summarizes the condition of the children of Israel's heart meaning their attitude. I want to encourage you to read the entire chapter. This is such a good chapter. But for now, I'm going to pick up at Psalm 78, starting at verse 17. And I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Psalm 78, verse 17, we'll start there. And it says, Yet they kept on sinning against him, rebelling against the Most High in the desert. They stubbornly tested God in their hearts, demanding the foods they craved. They even spoke against God himself, saying, God can't give us food in the wilderness. Yes, he can strike a rock, so water gushes out, but he can't give his people bread and meat. When the Lord heard them, he was furious. The fire of his wrath burned against Jacob. Yes, his anger rose against Israel, for they did not believe God or trust him to care for them. Now, let's jump to verse 40. Oh. How often they rebelled against him in the wilderness and grieved his heart in that dry wasteland. Again and again, they tested God's patience and provoked the Holy One of Israel. They did not remember his power and how he rescued them from their enemies. I want to read that last verse again, verse 42. They did not remember his power and how he rescued them from their enemies. Have you forgotten what God has done for you? Have you forgotten how he's rescued you? Sometimes I do. Based on scripture, we have now seen how important obedience is to God. And we've also seen how the condition of our heart is important as well. Psalm 78, which we just read some of, literally tells us how God's heart was grieved over their attitude. I know that I don't want to grieve God's heart by my attitude. Some of you may be saying, well, you know, I don't really feel like I have an obedience problem. I can't think of anything that I'm being disobedient about. Or maybe, you know, I just feel like I'm doing all that I can think of. Or maybe you feel like, hey, I've taken care of sin, disobedience in my life. I've been patient. I've waited for the Lord to answer my prayers. Why isn't the Lord moving? Well, trust me when I say I have felt that way before. I have questioned and wondered, Lord, I'm doing everything I can think of. Why are you not moving? At times, I felt like I was doing what I was supposed to do, but nothing was changing. I was praying, reading the word, and at times I was fasting. So what are some areas of your life where you know the Lord has been speaking to you, nudging you to change, to do things his way, to surrender more of your life to him? If there is an area in your life that you have been battling for a while, addiction, significant financial, family, or relationship challenges, I really want to encourage you to seek godly counsel. Yes, we should absolutely pray. We should absolutely read the Word of God. We should fast as we are led to fast. But sometimes we need additional support, additional resources, counseling, a Christian counselor, a pastor. A friend that you know that you can trust and a friend that you know will, as I once heard someone say, not just do life with you, but do God with you. So that doesn't mean you can tell everybody what's going on and you absolutely can't expect everyone to help you in all situations. But if you know that you have a friend who is really pursuing God in their life, then perhaps they might be a resource for you. Sometimes we need that accountability partner. Sometimes we need that person to hold our hand through the difficult situations. So what if you're not sure about an area of disobedience in your life? How do you know? I want you to take a moment and I want you to pray and ask the Lord to reveal to you what might be an area that needs a greater level of submission. I want you to pause this episode And I want you to pray and ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you now. What did you hear? Remember, the Spirit speaks in a still, small voice. Be sure to pause this session and write down what you heard. Use your phone to take notes. If you're driving, pause this episode and use Siri, Alexa, or any other girl, whatever device you have. And dictate what you heard from the Holy Spirit. Why? Because this is important. It's important insight. Because now you have a specific area that you can dig deeper into prayer about. Here are five suggestions on how to pray to grow deeper in your walk of obedience and do it with the right attitude. Each of these suggestions I'm about to share are rooted in Scripture. Number one, based on Luke chapter 22, verse 42, as you're praying, you can tell the Lord, nevertheless, not my will, but your will. So if you're asking the Lord to bring about a certain outcome, be sure that you're always ending your requests with, Lord, this is what I want. This is what I think I want. This is what I would like to see, but you know what's best. So, I'm asking that your will be done in this situation. Number two, you can acknowledge that the Lord's ways are not your ways. Isaiah 55, verse 8. So, oftentimes, especially those of us who are very organized, we're driven, we're project managers. I don't know anyone like that, but I'm just saying, in case you are, sometimes we have in our own mind, a specific way we think that the situation should work out. We've got it all figured out. All we need is God to just bless it, right? It's almost like we treat the Lord like a magic genie. Okay, Lord, here's steps one through 20. This is exactly what I need you to do, Lord. All I need you to do is wave your hand and bless it. When we get into a role that's really not our role, meaning when we get to a point where we're trying to figure everything out, as if we are God, it's so important to remember what Isaiah 55 verse 8 says and pray that. So it's okay to have desires. It's okay to have dreams. But it's most important to acknowledge that our ways are not his ways and our thoughts are not his thoughts. His thoughts are so much higher, so much better. And he sees the big picture and that's important for us to remember. Now. I want to give you another scripture reference that really supports the first two. So it's not really a part of our top 5 list of ways to pray, but it's one of my personal favorites and I think it's very appropriate to what we've already talked about. Proverbs 19:21 says, "You can make many plans, but the Lord's purpose will prevail." I love that. I'm a planner, I confess, and I, by default, my human nature, I'm a planner. And so I like to try to work things out, figure it out, think of different possibilities. Um, But what I love about this passage, and I remind myself of it often, is that, okay, I can make those plans, but ultimately, the Lord's purpose will happen. It will prevail. It has to. And that's very reassuring, because my plans don't always work out, and I I don't always make the best plans. Most of the time, I don't. So back to our list, number three, and remember, download the study guide because all of these scripture references will be in there. I know many of you listen to this show while you're driving on your commute, and I want you to be safe, but I want you to have these scriptures, these passages as reference points later. This is a great way to um, incorporate and extend your daily devotional study. All right, back to our list top five ways to align our prayer towards greater obedience and a better attitude. Number three, Psalm 71, verse 2. As you're praying, especially if you're frustrated about how long you've been in the wilderness, this is for you. You can say, Incline your ear to me and save me. I love that scripture because it's, it's pretty specific. It's, Lord, please hear me, save me. You can almost hear the word now in there, right? It's okay to ask the Lord to like, hey, Lord, do you hear me? I know you do, but can you save me out of this situation? Love that one. Number four, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18 in everything, give thanks. Now, this is a goodie. This is a good one. It says in everything, give thanks, not just when things are going well in our lives, but even when we're in our wilderness season, we have to find ways to give thanks. Lord, thank you that I have a roof over my head. Even if I can't pay the bills, even if the lights are turned out, thank you that I still have a place to live. What if you're homeless? Lord, thank you that I'm in my right mind. Lord, thank you that you love me. In everything, we have to give thanks. And I know that the longer we've been going through, or maybe when we are going through very, very serious situations, it is hard to find ways to give thanks. But God will honor our desire to give thanks. God will honor our act of thanksgiving. Number five, and last but not least, Pretty similar to number four in everything, give thanks. But in number five from Philippians 4 4, it says that we should rejoice in the Lord always. Very similar to giving thanks. We have to rejoice even in our wilderness situations. You may be saying, How do I do that, Kelly? Well, listening to praise and worship music is a great way to find a way to rejoice in the Lord. It's very similar to giving thanks. But when we rejoice, we are celebrating the goodness of the Lord. And one of the ways that we can remember to rejoice in the Lord is by thanking Him, celebrating what He has done in the past for us or even in others' lives. So number five, rejoice in the Lord always. Why is obedience important and what are the benefits of obedience? Well, besides being the right thing to do, Obedience creates a testimony which can help others and give us something to hold on to the next time we are faced with a challenge. What are your proof points that God is in your life? I want you to think about that. Now, we normally equate God being in our life through what we have gone through and the things he has delivered us from, right? We all have situations or testimonies where God sustained us, delivered us, delivered a loved one, brought us through a situation that was undeniably because of him. We think about those experiences periodically, and sometimes we might share them with other people. When we do that, it not only encourages us and renews our faith, restores our faith, but it also encourages and restores other people. The struggle is real, but it is not hopeless. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. We are more than conquerors. We are the head and not the tail. He loves us so much that he gave his only son to die for our sins, to endure the death of a cross so that we can have an abundant life, John ten ten, and an everlasting life. Your wilderness is temporary. I want you to know that today, and he's working it out for our good. But we have to be obedient. We have to check our hearts and our minds and make sure that we have a thankful heart, a humble heart, a submitted and surrendered heart. We have no idea what he has in store for us. Let's pray. Most gracious and heavenly Father, Lord, we just bow down to you today We acknowledge that you are King of kings and Lord of lords. Lord, we submit ourselves to you today. We surrender our thoughts. We surrender our mind. We surrender our habits. We surrender our ways to you. We surrender our desires to you. Lord, we surrender our dreams and our goals to you. Father, we only want to be in your will. Help us to hear from you. Help us to be obedient. Give us the strength that we need to be obedient to your word and to your ways. Lord, your word says that if we resist the enemy, he will flee. Help us to resist the enemy. Help us to meditate on your word. So when he is luring us to go and do something that is against your will, against your word, we will be able to stand and resist the enemy, resist the temptation. Father, we know that our ways are not your ways and we want to be more in line with you. Help us to have the right attitude. Help us to not harden our hearts, Lord. Help us to stay submitted to you and open to your Holy Spirit, the promptings of your Holy Spirit. Lord, we're asking you to guide and direct our path. Lord, lead us in a path of righteousness for your name's sake. Your word says that if we acknowledge you in all of our ways, you will direct our path. We need your guidance today, Lord. We need your help to have the right attitude, a thankful heart a heart that remembers what you have done in the past, a heart that remembers that you are the same God yesterday, today, and tomorrow. If you did it before, we know that you will do it again. Lord, we want your will to be done. So today we say, not my will, but your will be done. Lord, today we give you thanks in all things, even our wilderness. Lord, we lift up all of our concerns to you. We know that you care about everything that we care about. We know that you are a high priest who is sensitive to the things that we go through. We thank you, Lord, that you are there. You are our wonderful counselor. You are our provider. You are our prince of peace. You are our wheel in the middle of the wheel. You hold everything together, Lord. I thank you that you have all things figured out, Lord. Help us to trust you even more. Help us, Lord, to love you even more. Help us to desire your will even more. We love you and we praise you, Father. Lord, we thank you for hearing this prayer. We thank you, Lord, for inclining your ear, turning your ear to hear us and save us today. We honor and adore you in Jesus' holy name. Amen. I want to thank you so much for joining this Thrive Series devotional. Again, please join our private Facebook group, The Cubicles in Christ Community, and please be sure to download your copy of this study guide for this episode. I would love to hear from you how this show is helping you. I just appreciate each and every single one of you. Until next time,
0: we'll see you again. Thanks for listening to the Cubicles in Christ podcast. The inspiration and wisdom doesn't stop here. Join the Cubicles in Christ community on Facebook and let's keep the conversation going. For more ways to feed your soul and walk in purpose, connect with Kelly at IamKellyJohnson.com and follow her on Facebook and Instagram.